Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. I'm Bob, and I'm reading today from the words of J.C. Ryle. It's a continuation of his message on forgiveness. This is part two, Encouragement to be Forgiven. You'll recall that his text was 1 John 2.12, Your sins are forgiven you. Well, he says, Let me in the third place encourage all who wish to be forgiven. I dare be sure this paper will be read by someone who feels he is not yet a forgiven soul. My heart's desire and prayer is that such a one may seek his pardon at once, and I would fain help him forward by showing him the kind of forgiveness offered to him and the glorious privileges within his reach. Consider then, for one thing, that the forgiveness set before you is a great and broad forgiveness. Hear what the Prince of Peace himself declares. All sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. That's in Mark 3.28. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall become as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 1.18. Yes, Though your trespasses be more in number than the hairs of your head or the stars in heaven, the leaves of the forest or the blades of grass or the grains of sand on the seashore, still they can all be pardoned. As the waters of Noah's flood (coughs) covered over and hid the tops of the highest hills, so can the blood of Jesus cover over and hide your mightiest sins. His blood cleanseth us from all sin, 1 John 1, 7. Though to you they seem written with the point of a diamond, they can all be effaced from the book of God's remembrance by that precious blood. Paul names a long list of abominations that the Corinthians had committed and then says, Such were some of you, but ye are washed, 1 Corinthians six eleven. Furthermore, it is a full and complete forgiveness. It is not like David's pardon to Absalom, a permission to return home, but not a full restoration to favor. It is not, as some fancy, a mere letting off and letting alone. It is a pardon so complete that he who has it is reckoned as righteous as if he had never sinned at all. His iniquities are blotted out. They are removed from him as far as the east from the west. There remains no condemnation for him. The Father sees him joined to Christ and is well pleased. The Son beholds him clothed with his own righteousness and says, Thou art all fair, there is no spot in thee. Blessed be God that it is so. I verily believe if the best of us uh, all had only one blot left for himself to wipe out, he would miss eternal life. If the holiest child of Adam were in heaven, all but his little finger, and to get in depended on himself, I am sure he would never enter the kingdom. If Noah, Daniel, and Job had but one day's sins to wash away, they would never have been saved. Praised be God that in the matter of our pardon there is nothing left for man to do. Jesus does all. And man has only to hold out an empty hand and to receive. Furthermore, it is a free and unconditional forgiveness. It is not burdened with an if, like Solomon's pardon to Adonijah, if he will show himself a worthy man. 
nor yet are you obliged to carry a price in your hand or bring a character with you to prove yourself deserving of mercy. Jesus requires but one character, and that is that you should feel yourself a sinful, bad man. He invites you to buy wine and milk without money and without price, and declares, Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Like David in the cave of Adullam, he receives everyone that feels in distress and a debtor and rejects none. Are you a sinner? Do you need a Savior? Then come to Jesus just as you are, and your soul shall live. Again, it is an offered forgiveness. I have read of earthly kings who knew not how to show mercy, of Henry VIII of England who spared neither man nor woman, James V of Scotland who would never show favor to a Douglas. The king of kings is not like them. He calls on men to come to him and be pardoned. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. Proverbs 8.4 Ho, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Isaiah 55.1 If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. John 7.37 Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11.28 It ought to be a great comfort to you and me to hear of any pardon at all, but to hear Jesus himself inviting us, to see Jesus himself holding out his hand to us, the Savior seeking the sinner before the sinner seeks the Savior, and this is encouragement. This is strong consolation indeed. Again, it is a willing forgiveness. I have heard of pardons granted in reply to long entreaty and wrung out by much importunity. King Edward III of England would not spare the citizens of Calais till they came to him with halters around their necks, and his own queen interceded for them on her knees. But Jesus is good and ready to forgive. He delighteth in mercy. You and I may well come boldly to the throne of grace. He who sits there is far more willing and ready to give mercy than we are to receive it. Besides this, it is a tried forgiveness. Thousands and tens of thousands have sought for pardon at the mercy seat of Christ, and not one has ever returned to say that he sought in vain. Sinners of every name and nation, sinners of every sort and description, have knocked at the door of the fold, and none have ever been refused admission. Zacchaeus, the extortioner, Magdalene, the harlot, Saul, the persecutor, Peter, the denier of his Lord, the Jews who crucified the prince of life, the idolatrous Athenians, the adulterous Corinthians, the ignorant Africans, the bloodthirsty New Zealanders, all have ventured their souls on Christ's promise of pardon, and none have ever found them fail. If the way that the gospel sets before us were a new and untraveled way, we might well feel faint-hearted. But it is not so. It is an old path. It is a path worn by the feet of many pilgrims, and a path in which the footsteps are all one way. The treasury of Christ's mercies has never been found empty. The well of living waters has never proved dry. Besides this, it is a present forgiveness. All that believe in Jesus 
are at once justified from all things. The very day the younger son returned to his father's house, he was clothed with the best robe, had the ring put on his hand and the shoes on his feet. The very day Zacchaeus received Jesus, he heard those comfortable words, this day is salvation, come to this house. The very day that David said, I have sinned against the Lord, he was told by Nathan, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. The very day you first flee to Christ, your sins are all removed. Your pardon is not a thing far away, to be obtained only after many years. It is nigh at hand. It is close to you, within your reach, ready to be bestowed. Believe, and that very moment it is your own. He that believeth is not condemned, John 3.18. It is not said he shall not be or will not be, but is not. From the time of his believing, condemnation is gone. He that believeth hath everlasting life. John 3.36 It is not said he shall have or will have. It is has. It is his own as surely as if he were in heaven, though not evidently so to his own eyes. You must not think forgiveness will be nearer to a believer in the day of judgment than it was in the hour he first believed. His complete salvation from the power of sin is every year nearer and nearer to him. But as to his forgiveness and justification and deliverance from the guilt of sin, it is a finished work from the very minute he first commits himself to Christ. Last and best of all, it is an everlasting forgiveness. It is not like Shimei's pardon, a pardon that may sometime be revoked and taken away. 1 Kings 2.9 Once justified, you are justified forever. Once written down in the book of life, your name shall never be blotted out. The sins of God's children are said to be cast into the depths of the sea, to be sought for and not found, to be remembered no more, to be cast behind God's back. Some people fancy they may be justified one year and condemned another. Children of adoption at one time and strangers by and by. Heirs of the kingdom in the beginning of their days and yet servants of the devil in their end. I cannot find this in the Bible. It seems to me to overturn the good news of the gospel altogether and to tear up its comforts by the roots. I believe the salvation Jesus offers is an everlasting salvation and a pardon once sealed with his blood shall never be reversed. I have set before you the nature of the forgiveness offered to you. I have told you but a little of it, for my words are weaker than my will. The half of it remains untold. The greatness of it is far more than any report of mine. But I think I have said enough to show you it is worth the seeking. And I can wish you nothing better than that you may strive to make it your own. Do you call it nothing to look forward to death without fear, and to judgment without doubtings, to eternity without a sinking heart? Do you call it nothing to feel the world slipping from your grasp, and to see the grave getting ready for you, and the valley of the shadow of death opening before your eyes, and yet to be not afraid? 
Do you call it nothing to be able to think of the great day of account, the throne, the books, the judge, the assembled worlds, the revealing of secrets, the final sentence, and yet to feel I am safe? This is the portion and this is the privilege of a forgiven soul. And now we talk of the standing of the forgiven soul. Such a one is on a rock. When the rain of God's wrath descends, the floods come and the winds blow, his feet shall not slide, his habitation shall be sure. Such a one is in an ark. When the last fiery deluge is sweeping over all things on the surface of the earth, it shall not come nigh him. He shall be caught up and borne securely above it all. Such a one is in a hiding place. When God arises to judge terribly the earth and men are calling to rocks and mountains to fall upon them and cover them, the everlasting arms shall be thrown around him and the storm shall pass over his head. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Such a one is in a city of refuge. The accuser of the brethren can lay no charge against him. The law cannot condemn him. There is a wall between him and the avenger of blood. The enemies of his soul cannot hurt him. He's in a secure sanctuary. Such a one is rich. He has treasure in heaven that cannot be affected by worldly changes, compared to which Peru and California places where gold was supposed to be, are nothing at all. He need not envy the richest merchants and bankers. He has a portion that will endure when banknotes and sovereigns are worthless things. He can say, like the Spanish ambassador when shown the treasury at Venice, my master's treasury has no bottom. He has Christ, and such a one is insured. He's ready for anything that may happen. Nothing can harm him. Banks may break and governments may be overturned. Famine and pestilence may rage around him. Sickness and sorrow may visit his own fireside, but still he's ready for all. Ready for health, ready for disease, ready for tears, ready for joy, ready for poverty, ready for plenty, ready for life, ready for death. He has Christ. He is a pardoned soul. Blessed indeed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. How will anyone escape if he neglects so great salvation? Why should you not lay hold on it at once and say, Pardon me, even me also, O my Savior? What would you have if the way I have set before you does not satisfy you? Come while the door is open, ask, and you shall receive. Matthew 7, 8. And we will stop there. There is one more portion to this message on forgiveness by J.C. Ryle. It's called Marks of Having Found Forgiveness. The Marks of Having Found Forgiveness next time. Thank you for listening this time. Please look around the site. We have over 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, Bible studies on a number of subjects, a blog, a store where you can purchase one of my books. If you desire more fellowship, please consider visiting my YouTube channel known as Pasture Lands or contact me at bob.j.faulkner 
at gmail.com and I will share details of our street ministry, our Saturday evening Zoom meeting for men, the new virtual church, and a couple of in-person churches in the Chicago area where we might meet up. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. It is April the 15th, 2022, as I publish this audio. And Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.